0: Why don't you give God great praise are you glad I was glad when they said unto me let us go in the house of the Lord I was glad the first time I'm glad the three thousandth time and I'll be glad all the way up to heaven I wonder if there's anybody that can even give God praise I'm glad I'm glad I don't walk the way I used to walk i'm glad i don't talk the way i used to talk i'm glad i don't live or give or exist the way i used to but the lord showed up and he made a change i wonder we could give god a great praise for a great change hallelujah come on that feels too good let's just go ahead and let it loose he made a great change if it had not been for jesus Where would I be if it was not for the Lord? I would be six feet under. If it wasn't for Jesus, I'd be strung out on drugs. If it wasn't for Jesus, you'd be homeless and so would I. If it wasn't for Jesus, I'd be lost and undone. And I give God great praise for the change. Somebody clap your hands of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah amen 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 hallelujah praise
1: god somebody shout hallelujah Hallelujah. amen it's so good to be with you all here tonight and to be feeling that you know we can feel this every service if we want we just have to go after it amen and when we go after god amen he said draw nigh unto me and i'll draw nigh unto you and so closeness with god proximity with god is a decision hallelujah it is a decision that you and I make. We choose to be close to God. And, uh, and somebody says, well, I don't feel God. Now, there are seasons like that. But if you want him, he's as close as the mention of his name, as one elder put it. He's as close as you just making the decision And in my spirit, I'm going to put one foot in front of another, and I'm going to get close to him. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning over to the book of Psalms chapter 27 and verse number 8. Psalms chapter 27 and verse number 8. Amen. Elder Johnson must have taught so good last week that we didn't even need preaching on Sunday. And so hopefully I can come in on this Wednesday and we'll just keep that spirit rolling in Jesus' name. And I'm going to do my best to teach to us here tonight. Psalms 27 and 8. The Bible says, when thou saidest seek ye my face my heart said unto thee thy face lord will i seek when you said seek my face my heart said unto thee thy face lord will i seek and i want to talk to us for a few moments teach on this subject the progression of a prayer life the progression of a prayer life set down your Bibles and let's lift up our hands and let's just worship the Lord for just a few moments longer hallelujah father we love you we thank you for your word we thank you for what we feel amen there's a river flowing in this house hallelujah we want to just get swept away in it we want those currents of the Holy Ghost amen to move on us and move through us and out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water let it flow out of us God I pray, Lord, that you would give us revelation, understanding, and wisdom in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated for just a few moments. There is a progression of having a prayer life. And I think this is important for all of us to understand that nobody wakes up one morning... And they are consumed with holy fire from God. I know that we would like that. I think that would be nice to just roll out of bed and before you have your Cheerios. You just, I don't think they eat Cheerios anymore. But you roll out of bed and, and, uh, and you just feel the fire from heaven fall. And it consumes you. And you are a burnt sacrifice like your biscuits. And it just doesn't work like that. Uh, it is a progression. It, it moves in sequence and it moves uh, in a circular way because there are seasons to life. And, and they're, they're, the ideal is always to live at the highest level of a prayer life. And if you're taking notes, I simply want to give you what those three things are. And then we'll talk a little deeper about them. Uh, the first level, if you will, we could call it that. Give me the grace to call it that. Is discipline. Everybody say Discipline. Discipline. That's a, All the kids got scared. Everybody say desire. Okay. And everybody say delight. All right. Let's put it together. We're going to get a choir going, Sisterhood, uh, <laughs> right here, right now. We're going to get everybody to sing it. Discipline, desire, delight. Okay. You're all hired. Amen. Discipline, desire, and delight. That is the progression of a prayer life. And and there are seasons, and it is cyclical, that sometimes you don't live at the level of delight. And we'll talk about that here tonight uh, before it's all said and done. You don't live at that level. And there's another option. You can jump out of the cycle and you can just stop praying. And there's always a there's always an option, and there's always something that pulls at the flesh that would love nothing more than to get you to stop praying. Paul would put it this way, that the good that I want to do, I do not. And the evil that I do not want to do is the very thing that I find myself doing. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And what he is describing there, and he begins to say, I find then another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. And there is a fight and there is a battle in every individual's life, whether they are saved or they are lost. There is a fight between their flesh and the call of the Spirit of God. And there is a pulling from the flesh. And somebody, an old proverb said, Whatever dog you feed will be the dog that wins. And when the flesh is pulling, and we begin to feed our flesh, and we begin to uh, we begin to deposit into our flesh, and we weaken our spirit, and we weaken our resolve, that flesh would love nothing better than to get you to stop praying. It will war. It will wrestle. It will beat you down if it can, because it knows that the only way. That I can that I can overcome as being the carnal, as being the flesh. Amen. Is to stop this individual from getting in the spirit. The moment that the individual steps out of, amen, the, the the fleshly realm, and they begin to move into the spirit realm. And this is what Paul would say: I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And he was saying, I've got all this wickedness in my flesh. And it wants to tear me down, and it wants me to live a life of sin, and it wants me to live in this base of existence. But I also see that there's a God that's fighting with me and for me. Amen. I thank God for that. I know that we've got the flesh. I know we've got the carnal nature, which the Bible says is the enemy of God. But there's also a God in heaven that in spite of it all, he loves us. I thank God for that. Somebody ought to clap their hands. He loves us too much to let us stay carnal. God loves us too much for us to stay in this base of, of just barely making it, barely surviving. I, I do not believe it's the will of God for you to scrape your way into heaven. <laughs> Crawl in. On a, and, and, and there's so many people say, well, I'm, I'm going to make it by the skin of my teeth. Well, if you got skin on your teeth, you need to find a toothbrush and... And everybody said amen. <laughs> but but there is there's there's that thought process. I'll just barely make it. And and I would never want to risk that. Just barely making it. Um, not to mention it's not just about going to heaven. It's about falling in love with Jesus and knowing God and and living for him and worshiping him for all of eternity. I don't want to just barely scrape in and go, man, I'm so glad I made it. Who are you? <laughs> I want to get there and go, man, I've been waiting to talk to you. I, and push Peter out of the way. Push Paul out of the way. Kick David in the tailbone and say, where's Jesus at? Amen. That's what I want to get to. But But there is that flesh that will try to get you off track. Amen. And it will always be there but the way that we conquer the flesh the way that we conquer the, the carnal mind the carnal man is we must get in the spirit we must get ourselves out of the flesh and the only way that works is through prayer and uh, here in the near future we're going to talk about intercessory prayer and we're gonna we're going to delve into into that amen praying in the Holy Ghost praying in the spirit uh, but but when we go and we realize and this is something that we all have to realize and Paul would even write to the church and he would say don't you recognize that you are even carnal now i think we all need to realize that we are flesh we are we have flaws amen that we don't always have good days amen not all the days are sunny sometimes we want to just cut people off in traffic because they cut us off first and and they're just that part of our carnal nature but we have to understand that that is our natural disposition and we've got to be willing amen to do something about it amen The Bible says the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak, talking about prayer. The spirit of God is willing to deliver you from the body of this death. The spirit of God is willing to quicken your mortal bodies. The spirit of God is willing to deliver you from carnal uh, uh, desires and, and that carnal nature and that carnal mindset and that base level of living. It's desiring to help you. Amen. But we've got to be willing to step from the flesh over to the spirit. Well, how do we do that? We've got to pray. And that brings us to level number one, discipline. Everybody say it again, discipline. All right. I'll put it this way. Everybody say perspiration. That's a cute word for sweat. Yeah. Discipline. Discipline is perspiration. You don't feel nothing. You don't see nothing. But you do something. It's that moment when you go to the gym and you work until you feel like your flesh has been destroyed because you know, though I can't see it right now, though it hurts, though it's painful, it's producing a better individual. Amen. It gets you to get on that treadmill and begin to move. I mean, maybe I just need to talk about exercise. I don't know. It's this quarantine that got me thinking about it. But but when, when we think about the fact that we go And we do these things, and you don't see the results right away, but you do it. Anyway, you show up to work because you're a disciplined individual. you show up early. you show up amen with, with the right work ethic, you work hard and you don't see that paycheck right right away. You don't see that salary right away. You go to work in faith knowing that that boss is faithful and he's going to pay you and that boss is going to take care of you and you just do it because you know it's right. You take the Nike slogan and you just do it, you get in there, you hear the call. You pick up the phone and you answer it. And you begin to talk back that is the first level of a prayer life and anybody that's ever going to have a prayer life or continue a prayer life has got to understand there's going to be seasons and it's cyclical that you won't feel anything and there won't be any inspiration and there won't be motivation but that's when you hit your knees and you get a little perspiration and you get that fervent prayer and you begin to let that discipline that says I do this, whether I feel like it or not, I do this because it's right. I come on, somebody clap their hands under the Lord. I do this because it is my discipline. We are called to be disciples. I always thought it was the 12 disciplines. We are called to be disciples, but we're not just called to be disciples, we're called to make disciples. That's another story for another time. I've got a great book I'm, I'm going through, and we're going to talk about that here in the near future. But but we are called to be disciples, and you can't be a disciple without discipline. You've got to be disciplined. And I know that's a, that is a cuss word in this generation, discipline. Uh, You've you got to be willing, amen, to just do what you know is right. One guy, when I was first got saved, uh, I, said, I asked him, I said, man, I'm, I'm struggling right now. I don't feel God. I don't know what to do. And he looked right back at me. This is a man that was disciplined. Uh, he was just a good man in the church. And he said, when you don't know what to do, uh, when he, he said, when you don't know what to do, you just do what you know. You don't know exactly what the next step in life is. You just do what is right. You just do what you've been disciplined to do. You just take care of what you know. When you don't know, uh, do I start a business or do I uh, invest in this? You don't know all those things. He said, you just make it up in your mind. I'm going to do what I have disciplined myself to do. This is what boot camp's for. Boot camp is not so you can just see how many people can yell at you. Uh, <laughs> it's not just to see how many push-ups you can do. But But they want to get you to the level where... You just just obey on command. You do, and we've got soldiers and veterans here, that you just do what the the commanding officer has told you to do. It's called discipline. You've got yourself to that place. And so when we look at our opening text here today, the Bible says, when thou saidest, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. And there's a couple things there that I want to bring out. First and foremost, no man has seen God face to face and lived. And so God called to David with an impossible request. Seek my face. And David, he may not have felt it at that moment, knowing it was an impossible task, knowing that there was just, I just don't know how we're going to make it happen. But David made a conscious decision that I am going to seek your face. And everyone that's disciplined, it is not a feeling it is not an emotion it is a decision that you make amen if you get up at five in the morning every morning it is not something you necessarily feel but you have disciplined yourself you made the conscious decision i love a message that brother booker preached one time i made this decision when i was in my right mind and and it's much like that situation and that 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 understanding of boot camp That you, while you're there and you're in your right mind, you are made the decision, I'm going to be a soldier and I'm going to do what is told so that when you get in the battle and and there's bullets flying everywhere, you don't have to think about it. You just do what is told because you've disciplined yourself. You made a conscious decision, I'm going to pray. You made a conscious decision, I'm going to hit my knees and I'm going to talk to God for just a few moments. In that discipline, we've talked about some disciplines when we talk about different patterns. It's that discipline that schedules a time. It's that discipline that sets the place. It's that discipline that, as Jesus would say, it shuts the door. It gets rid of all of the external things. It is that discipline that we talked about where Joshua goes in to the tent of the Lord and he spends his time in the tent. If you have your Bibles, Exodus 24 and 12. Exodus 24 and 12. When you are disciplined, it's because you made the conscious decision. If God is calling to you, if you know it's the right thing to pray, you have made the decision. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put this as a part of my discipline. Exodus 24 and 12. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mountain be there, and I will give thee tables of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that thou May us teach them, verse 13. And Moses rose up, and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up to the mount of God. It takes a disciplined individual that, that Moses, in his old age, probably did not feel like climbing a mountain. He probably did not uh, think that this was going to be an enjoyable activity. He was just going to take a hike. But yet, when God called to him, when he knew that it was the will of God, when he knew it was the right thing to do, Moses had just so disciplined himself that when God is calling to me and he's telling me to come up another level, he just began to obey. Amen. To be a disciplined individual, you got to make a decision that I'm going to be obedient unto the word of God. Prayer is a discipline. Prayer is something that we, we do it as, as at the very base level of it. We do it as an obedience. It's just something that we know is right, and God is calling us up another level. He's calling us up out of all the people that are down there getting ready to worship a golden calf. He gets us up out of the carnal mentality and out of just the base of barely surviving and barely making it. And God's call always calls us up to a higher position. God never is looking to take you, amen, and leave you off worse, amen, than when he finds you. But when God calls you, it's always to an elevated spot. And when it comes to prayer, there is no more elevated spot than prayer. Amen. It's in that place that Moses, you find him all the way in the New Testament, amen. In fact, he could not enter in, another story for another time, he could not enter in to the promised land. But guess what? There he is, amen. In the promised land with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses had become so disciplined at meeting God on the mountain. Amen, that when it came time and Jesus was there and he was praying, that Moses was right there praying with him, that Moses was right there. Amen, he had so disciplined himself that I'm going to set aside the time. Amen, I'm going to prepare my heart. I'm going to go up a little higher. I'm going to find the place. And let me just put this for a moment. The Bible says to Moses, come up to me into the mount. And there's a second part, and be there. Everybody say that, and be there. There is a discipline of prayer that requires your presence. Hallelujah. You, you know it's possible to be uh, to be there but not be present. You know what I mean? You ever seen somebody you just wave and they're just not there? Their minds a million miles away. And I think this happens to all of us. This is where discipline comes in. It's not easy. Discipline takes uh, takes work. Amen. It takes that. It takes that uh, perspiration I talked about. And 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 there's that moment where you think about the laundry that needs to get done. You got to go and do this, and and you got to walk your pet snake. And I guess brother Brother Michelle is the only one with a snake. I don't know, but but you got to go out and you got to do. And there's something that happens where it just it begins to put in you all of these different thoughts of things you need to do. But when God called to Moses, He said, "Don't just come up and elevate. Don't just come up." And look religious don't just come up but you got to have the discipline that when you pray that you're present it shocks me how many people want God to be present in their prayers but when they show up it's hallelujah 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 <laughs> praise God oh I wonder what's going on online right now and and there's something to that if we're going to be amen having a prayer life the first progression amen has got to be discipline. It's that moment where you set aside the phone, you set aside the laundry, you set aside the pet snake. You do, you do all those good things. You set it all aside and you say, "Lord, this is my time with you." Amen. We've talked about that you can listen to those other messages and other teachings. Amen about about how to pray and and about uh, about those times where you shut the door, but it's that discipline that says, "Lord, this is my time between you and I." It takes discipline. Amen. What is what is supernatural is often very simple in the eyes of God. The Bible says not many wise, not many prudent, not many wise after the flesh is what it says. Has he called? But he calls the like of you and I, the likes of you and I. Amen. And God uses uh, the, the things that are despised to confound the wise. God uses the things that, that seem to be nothing. Amen. To bring everything else that seems to be something down to nothing. He's the one that takes every low thing and he exalts and every exalted thing he brings it down. He takes every crooked path and he makes it straight. He takes things that are often just so simple and ordinary. Amen. I he takes people like us but he also takes activities like prayer that it just seems like you are talking and, and, and you're just mumbling maybe <laughs> uh, but you're there in the presence of God and, and it doesn't seem supernatural but I want to tell you it is supernatural when you pray. Well I don't don't feel anything. I don't feel motivated. I don't feel inspired. You're disciplined and you're praying. And though you don't feel it, it's still supernatural. Can I tell you, the supernatural is not a feeling. The supernatural is a reality. And if you will do the simple, God will do the supernatural. If you will do the disciplined things, God will do the things that you cannot do. Oh, somebody clap your hands under the Lord. Prayer is so simple, but it is so supernatural. I love what uh, Elder Johnson said last week. Everything that God has the ability to do, you can access it through prayer. Everything, everything that God can do, if you will pray. Well, I just, you know, I don't know uh, if this is possible. Pray. Pray. And when you begin to pray, there are supernatural things that begin to transpire in that moment. Uh, another thing I want to talk about, uh, because I think this is important for us to know that everybody assumes that everybody prays. Can I just pop that bubble? And this is often one of the reasons that keeps us out of being disciplined in prayer. Oh, sister so-and-so will take care of it. Brother so-and-so will take care of it. Yeah, I'm not really feeling like it today. I'll let other people take up the mantle of prayer. And we talk about prayer warriors. Let me tell you, everybody in this building, guess what you've been deputized tonight to be? A prayer warrior. Well, that's sister so-and-so. And I've got great stories of some some elders and some elder ladies that, that they were prayer warriors. Amen. But they're dying off. and The question is, uh, who's going to take it up now? Well, they like to say that at youth camp. But what if you're 50? What if you're 60? You can be just as powerful of a prayer warrior as anybody that's 12 years old. You may not have as much time, but if you got the discipline, amen. There's some folks that maybe you don't have as much energy life left Uh, amen but the quality of life can be more effective than the quantity of life because there's a lot of young people and and kids that don't have yet the discipline they won't get it till they're much much older and so they're going to miss out on all these effective years they could have if they got the discipline of prayer Now I believe there's young people going to get the discipline amen but if we can get some other folks to pick it up and say I'm not waiting on anybody else to be a prayer warrior I'm going to be a prayer warrior I'm not going to wait on somebody else to lead me in prayer, I'm going to lead myself in prayer. I'm not going to wait for somebody else to climb up the mountain. I'm going to climb up the mountain. I'm not going to wait on anybody else to shut the door and shut out the world and shut out all the noise. I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to shut out the noise, not because I feel it, not because I'm motivated, not because I'm inspired, but because I'm disciplined to do it whether I feel it or not. Bible says he ends up in the heroes of the faith Enoch had this testimony that he walked with God well that's not much of a testimony brother you weren't delivered of drugs and alcohol did you walk with God you got a testimony did you well well you know it was a rough day but did you walk with God oh hallelujah I know that's so simple. We want it to be some something so spectacular and supernatural, but it's so simple that Enoch, every day, he wasn't doing anything different than you and I. He got up, he went to work, but every day he just said, Lord, let's just take a little walk. Uh, amen. It was the very thing that, that Adam missed. He missed walking with God in the cool of the day, and the very thing that Adam missed, Enoch took up, and Enoch was raptured. It's a type of the church. Uh, amen, church. We are called to walk with him. It's a discipline. 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 Every day we just get in that garden and we begin to walk with him. Amen. And, And you want to know what church is going to be taken away from the world? Amen. What church is going to be raptured? It's not the lethargic church. It's not the apathetic church. It's the church that says, I'm just going to walk with him. Well, I don't feel him right now. I don't see him, but I'm just going to know that I'm going to walk with God. And, man, it's not a race. It's not a run. I'm not trying to beat anybody. I've just got the discipline that today I'm going to get up. I don't feel it, but I'm disciplined, and I'm going to feel after him. I'm going to seek his face because I I heard his voice say, seek my face. Somebody lift up your hands, and let's pray for just a moment. Come on. There's some discipline that's coming, amen, in this house. And it's not, this is not a correction of anybody, but it's a good discipline. It's a discipline that says, amen, you can get up every day. And if it's five minutes, if it's 10 minutes, if it's an hour, if it's three hours, you get up and you just begin to walk with God. If you don't have any other testimony, you never sang a solo, you never preached a message, you never ushered in the back, you got up and you walk with God. You got up and you serve God. It is, it's a testimony. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I feel Jesus. It's a testimony. Amen. Don't assume everybody else is doing it. Amen. As if somehow that'll inspire us. I found it doesn't inspire people. It actually detracts them. Well, if everybody's doing it, I don't need to. You need to assume that no one else is praying and that if it's, it's going to get done, it's going to be you doing it. <laughs> if prayer is going to happen, it's going to be my responsibility. That's what disciplined people say. Amen. I'm not waiting on somebody else because they're, they may not take care of it. So I'm going to get up, and I'm going to take care of it, and I'm going to pray. And if everybody had that mindset, guess what? We would have a whole, 100% participation of a church that prays. And you want to know what church gets raptured? The church that walks with God. You want to know the church that grows? The church that walks with God. You want to know the church that expands? Uh, amen. And, and is a blessing across the world, it's the church that walks with God that's disciplined. Amen so many people. And let me just say this. I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I don't want to keep you here all night. But but if you have disorder in your life, start, you know, somebody said start by making your bed. Simple. I know that doesn't sound spiritual. Start by doing something every day that's a discipline. Brush your teeth many times a day. But, but just start doing something. Just do what you can. Do one thing and i know this sounds some people are, we're so far beyond that okay that's great great for you but for some of us when we first got saved it was a, it was a, it was an all out assault to try to get discipline in one area yeah. well guess what If you come in and all you do is say, all right, I'm going to get up in the morning or I'm going to stay up late at night and I'm going to read one page of my Bible. I'm going to read one chapter and then I'm going to pray right before it and I'm going to pray right after. It might be five minutes, but you're disciplining yourself. That If I do nothing else today, I'm going to just do a simple making my bed in the Spirit and I'm going to read that word and I'm going to pray before and I'm going to say, God, give me understanding. And afterwards, I'm going to see, maybe if I see something there, I'm going to pray about it. God, help me to be more faithful. God, help me to be more committed. God, help me to be more disciplined so many people want the grandiose but it's a layer life is layers and it's line upon line and precept upon precept and as we do the little things amen life is not made up of great things it's made up of a whole lot of little decisions and little things and and the, the great people somebody said it this way I, I quoted it before but greatness doesn't happen in a day it happens daily it's line upon line and precept upon precept everybody said desire desire is where I'd say motivation. so You move beyond perspiration. And, uh, and then you move into this next level of a prayer life. And it's desire. Now it's no longer you're just doing it because you know it's right. You're not just doing it because of duty. You're now doing it because there's a desire. And that desire stems from some level of motivation. And, and there's a few motivators in life. There's really two main motivators in life, and I don't have time to talk about both of them. But there's love and fear. Those are the two major motivators in life. Uh, when you are uh, when you are hungry, you are motivated to get food. Uh, probably not out of love. Maybe you love food. That might be the case. But often it's a internal, uh, instinctual thing. You are motivated that if I don't eat, I will die. I promise. If we don't eat, we'll all survive. We've ate enough through the coronavirus. But there is that motivation, and that motivator is fear. Or love and the same is true with prayer and having a prayer life when you get to this level of desire or motivation it's either a desire of fear and this is often when we have crisis and this is what my pastor always called crisis oriented Christians that they pray when they get motivation and God would love to give them the next level where it's not crisis it's opportunity it's potential There's something available to you. There's something that could be uh, that could be acquired in this moment. There's something that could be affected, or as the Bible would say, availeth much. There's something that can be productive in this moment, and that could be out of love for going deeper into the things of God. But there's this other side, which is the crisis. And uh, some people wonder why they go from uh, from trial to trial and trouble to trouble. I want to tell you, sometimes it's that Job moment, so don't get beating yourself up. There's other times where if you keep going in cyclical trials, amen, and you can't seem to figure out why you keep passing the same gravestone, Israel, it's been 40 years and you keep seeing uncle and auntie and you keep going around, it could be, amen, that God realizes if I don't keep you going from crisis to crisis, trial to trial, you'll never have the motivation amen to talk to me you'll never have the desire to talk to me and I want you to know God loves us too much to leave us amen in that position where we are just where we just don't care and we don't want to talk to him amen sometimes God brings a nice little kick to the rear and it's a nice little motivator and he comes by and brings a little fire under our seat and he's trying to get us to move and sometimes it is that amen it's crisis This this is Jonah he will not pray He's a prophet. He's got his discipline. He's done it before. But he's made his decision, I'm not going to pray for a little while. And so God brings a nice little motivator, a nice big fish, whale, if you will. Takes him all the way down to where there's pressure, and it's dark, and it stinks, and there's acid, and it burns, and it stings, and there's nothing comfortable about it. And the Bible says that there Jonah began to pray. And He will take us to that place. He'll give you that nice little motivation. But let me tell you about God. God would much rather give you the motivation of something good because God loves to motivate with love. He loves to motivate with opportunity. He loves to motivate with potential. He loves to say hey, I want you to know that there is a land flowing with milk and honey. And all you've got to do is go after it. All you've got to do is seek my face uh, and I've got great things for you. Amen. Things that I has not seen, the Bible would say, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the good things uh, which the Lord has prepared for them that love him. Can I tell you that you and I cannot even think uh, or imagine what God is capable of, let alone what God has already prepared. Can I give somebody some motivation here tonight? Let me be your motivational speaker. Everybody stand up and say, I am who God says. I. Okay, no, we're going to talk about real motivation. Real motivation is God saying, I got more for you. If you would just step in the spirit Amen. If you would just keep walking, amen, another 15 minutes, amen. Maybe your discipline of prayer is 15 minutes, but God says, let me give you a little motivation after that discipline that says, go a little further thence. And as Jesus went a little further thence, there were great drops of blood. Can I tell you, amen, he looked at his disciples and said, could you not pray with me one more hour? If they'd have prayed with him one more hour, who knows what revelations they would have seen. Peter, James, and John, he said, if you'll Come up with me into this Mount of Transfiguration. I'll show you wonderful things. I'll show you powerful things. They were the only people to ever see God. His raiment did shine white and glistening. They got a revelation nobody else had. Amen. Because they took that little motivation. They took that little bit. God said, if you'll come up with me a little higher, I got something more for you. You can't even fathom. Can I help somebody? You and I can't even fathom what God would do if we just went a few longer steps in prayer. If we just let God lead us and motivate us and give us a little desire to go just a little further thence in our prayer life. Amen. It's in that moment that that God in that discipline. After you've already gone, because because I want to help you. This is this, this is a cycle. That 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 desire. Yes, I do believe sometimes crises will come, and sometimes God will speak to you at church and. And, and he'll give you that little motivation. But often it's that person that if you want to see this keep being a cycle in your life where he keeps bringing it to you, it's as you go through the, just the disciplined prayer where you don't feel nothing that all of a sudden you've been praying for 15 minutes, you haven't felt nothing, and then God will begin to start speaking to you. Uh, and God will start giving you words. Uh, and what will happen is there will be a desire start coming out of that just disciplined prayer that now you start seeing there's results, uh, amen, due to my investment of prayer. Quoted this verse last week, but Psalms 42 and 7. The Bible says, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. We talked a little bit about the fact that you can determine your depth based on what calls to you. But there's another thing to this, that God, when you get into that, you move from just Uh, You move from just uh, being carnal to where you just get to that discipline. I'm just going to pray. It's maybe five minutes. You just get in there because you know it's right, and you just shut the door for five, ten minutes, and you're just doing the discipline prayer. The next progression is he starts putting desire there, and what happens is God starts calling unto you, and he says, come a little further. He says, come a little deeper, and as you heed that voice, amen, you get deeper and deeper and deeper. Psalms 42 and 1. The Bible says, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so my soul panteth after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Amen. What happens when you get beyond, amen, and you just do the discipline prayer is eventually you start getting that desire to pray uh, because there's that motivation that, you know, when I start praying, I may not feel anything at first, uh, but all of a sudden as I get a little deeper, deep's going to call into me. It's going to bring me a little deeper and it's going to create a vacuum. Amen. It's going to create that that just having the discipline of prayer creates the habit of prayer, creates a vacuum. And, And now you've got this little vacuum in your life that only prayer can satisfy. And now you have that feeling of David that says, as the heart or the deer pants after the water, so my soul it longs after God, and He says, "My soul thirsteth for God." Has anybody ever felt that? You mean you 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 just you just prayed, Amen? And and there's something that starts to rise up, and you you just desire to pray again. You desire to pray a little more. I want to tell you that's where the motivation and desire comes in. That's the next progression of having a prayer life. That 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 at first it was real hard to get the discipline, and you didn't feel anything for the first few minutes, and you didn't feel anything for the first few weeks. But now, if you go a day without praying, you feel it, uh, and it's like your bones have dried up, and it's like your soul is dehydrated, and, and it begins to cry out. That vacuum begins to cry out and say, Lord, I want more of you. Uh, I've got to have that moment. Uh, and it begins to ask and beg the question. Uh, your spirit begins to cry out. Your soul begins to cry out. When shall I come before the living God? Uh, something happens when you just do the disciplined prayer, uh, that if you miss it for a moment your soul says I got that desire I want to get back in his presence I just want to know when's the next time that I can pray when's the next time I can go to church when's the next time I can worship God what we felt on Sunday it comes to my mind Lord when's the next time you're going to move like that there's something that motivates me there's some desire that comes up in me and deep begins to call Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, that desire, it might come out of crisis for some folks, uh, amen. but if you have that discipline, it'll come as potential and opportunity. It'll come as that vacuum, and it'll say, look what God did the last time you prayed, and there'll be that motivation to do it again. When you have that desire, it's because you started seeing results. Amen. Has anybody ever prayed and God started working? Amen. I hope everybody can say that if not I want you to pray again. <laughs> Amen. Pray again until something happens. But there's something about that when you when you pray and God does it. And it's like, man, I just got done praying, but maybe I should hit my knees again and start praying for some other stuff. Because there's that motivation, there's that desire. Amen. Deep calls unto deep. There's something about there's something about getting deeper. Brother Jonathan, you 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 become a little less satisfied with the shallow. There's something about this is why some people they, they get to a certain depth in God and then they start to back out and then they then they get frustrated because they don't feel God like they used to. You gotta go back to the depth you were. You have to be willing to do the very things, the disciplines that you did before to feel what you felt. You gotta be willing to go in and there's something about you know there's something about being that little kid and you're in the kiddie pool and you're splashing around and it feels great. And then all of a sudden you learn to swim. You're out there. You ain't going back to the kiddie pool. You're not going back. And there's some people that, that they they, they want to go backwards. And I'll just have this, you know, just, I'll just, you know, have that five-minute prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. Bless our body. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. But your soul begins to cry out, when will I come before God again? And I hope it's not trials and troubles and hard things that bring us that motivation to get back into God's presence. Amen. Sometimes bring us back in the cycle of the discipline of prayer. Bring us back into desire of prayer. Amen, I hope it's just that moment where, uh, where we're in that discipline and God begins to call and say, hey, you remember that one time we got real deep in prayer? We can do it again. Hallelujah, let's pray. Father, we love you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I feel him. I'm almost done. I feel him in this house. The more you pray, the more you will want to pray. The more you go to church, the more you will want to go to church. Somebody said the problem with missing church is eventually you won't miss it. <laughs> problem with missing prayers, eventually you won't miss it. There's something about praying more. Somebody wants to know what's the secret of a prayer life. Just keep praying. Keep praying. You may not have explosive moments every day, but there will be those times. And that leads us to the next part. Number three, everybody say delight. All right. We've got... We've got discipline. That's perspiration. Just do it because you know it's right. Amen. You've got desire. There's some level of motivation, whether it is fear or love, whether it is trials and tribulations, or it's opportunities, potential results. And then finally, there's delight. This is inspiration. This is where prayer becomes a joy. It's just joy. It it's 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 something that. Pleases you highly. It affects you with great pleasure. Prayer is no longer, if I could put it this way, although, yes, it's still a discipline. It doesn't feel like a discipline. It's no longer a burden. It's now something that we crave. It's no longer just when I feel motivated. It's now an addiction that I can't, Live without. That is, I want to say, the highest level, amen, of a prayer life, where it is a delight to you and I. Job chapter 22 and verse 25. I could have read other verses, but I'm just going to read these ones here today. The Bible says, Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defense. And thou shalt have plenty of silver. The verse before talk talked about, you're going to be loaded with gold. Okay. For then thou shalt have thy delight in the Almighty and shalt lift up thy face unto God. And delight is that place where even after God has performed every miracle in your life, He's blessed you with everything that He could bless you with. That level of, of, of prayer life Amen. Delight goes beyond just discipline and duty. It goes beyond desire and motivation. But delight goes even further beyond everything else that we would find in life called need. There comes a point where you can even reach, amen, this was not uh, necessarily something that was going to happen, but it was something that was said that there could even come a moment like this. Amen. That you can have God as your defense. You don't have to worry about enemies anywhere. anywhere. How, how many would love to have that where you don't have to worry about the devil ever coming in and then breaking over your fence. Amen. Uh, it, it, that you could have plenty of silver and gold. Who would like to be so blessed that you just you can pave uh, the roads of Carson City with silver and gold. You got so much. Amen. He said you got gold dust you just throwing around your house. It's like it's like confetti. You just, you're just doing something. You don't even care. It's just going everywhere. Uh, how many would like to be that Bless where God just comes in and He blesses you. Okay, but I got a question for everybody. That says Lord, let it be me. I hope we all, I hope everybody in Apostolic Revival Center has that where God just kicks over every devil that comes in your way and He just blesses you every time you need blessing, every time you need healing, He just heals you. Every time you pray for somebody, just pray. He just answers. But here's the question: If God did that, would He be your? Would He still be your delight? If you never had another bill, would he still be your delight? If you never had a hospital visit, would he still be your delight? If you never had a worry in your life, never had a trouble, never had a trial, never had a need, would God be your delight? The individual that can answer yes and answer it honestly from their soul, I believe that's the individual God's going to bless. Amen. God's going to help. God's going to elevate. Delight goes beyond need. Amen. And delight says, even when I have all that I need, even when I have all that I want, even when I have all that I ask, I still want God to be my delight. I prayed and God answered. I prayed and God blessed. I prayed and God healed. I don't have anything left to pray for. I pray for everybody else. They got blessed, healed, delivered, set free. The entire
0: city speaks in tongues and is baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. And at that point, I made it up in my mind. I still hit my knees. And I pray for no other reason than God is my delight.
1: Oh, I wish somebody would stand and clap your hands and magnify him. God, if you never did another thing, if I never ever ever had another blessing, if I never had another healing, you would still be my delight. Man, it goes both ways though. What if you were broke? What if you had, what if you were sick? And that's a reality of life. What if everything was going wrong? I know we pray for needs. I know we pray for discipline. I know we pray because we got motivation. But did you know even at that level? Because I don't believe in, the Bible says that, that, that life is but a few days and full of trouble. I don't think there's anybody, they crucified Jesus. I don't think there's anybody that's going to get out of this life unscathed. Amen. That's a great little verse, but I don't necessarily see it where we don't have to worry about anything. But, but did you know you can still reach to light? You can still reach to light here on earth psalms one and one blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law does he meditate day and night and this person doesn't get wrapped up the bible says that that every soldier every good soldier of the lord does not entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him that has called him to be a soldier. Church, we, we don't got to get involved or wrapped up in all this junk in the world. I do understand we got to be, we got to know what's going on. And we got to be wise of the times. I get that. But, but, but somewhere we got to just say, all right, God, this is your world. You're God, I'm not. Amen. We also got to make sure we don't st- make, make ourselves a stumbling block for other people. We don't stand in the way of the ungodly. We don't sit in the counsel of the ungodly. We don't stand in the way of sinners. We don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Another message for another time. But our delight is in the law of the Lord. And in His law that we meditate day and night. And the Bible says, and He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His delight is under the Lord. And guess what? He becomes an individual that's planted, that's rooted. And he brings forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper amen. When we go from just doing uh, our prayer and we just pray because it's our discipline. That's right. That's a great, that's a first level. We need to be there. We all have that and we might come around to it where now it's just, I might just be praying because it's my discipline, but I'm not going back to the flesh. Uh, If I have to go back to discipline, it's discipline. But then I'm going to move to desire and it might be that God just lit a fire under me or it could be that God said I got more for you but I'm going to pray a little longer. I'm going to pray a little deeper until finally I come to this next place uh, where I'm delighting of the Lord and in his law do I meditate day and night and I find myself a place where I'm planted and when I get planted I have all the water I need. When I get planted I produce all the fruit I need to produce. When I get planted nothing withers. When I get planted everything that I do shall prosper. When you get to
0: that level of delight it seems like everything your hand touches is blessed. Everything that you put your spirit into, everything you do in the name of the Lord seems to
1: prosper when you get to that level of delight and you're too busy to be entangled with all this other stuff because you're delighting in God that's your meditation when you're delighting in Him, you're spending time with Him We don't have time to get entangled all those things Psalms 37 to 4 I want you to notice is every verse that I was pulling up and I was looking at, amen, as I studied through this last week We're talking about the delighting in the Lord it immediately related back to blessings delight thyself also in the Lord And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. The blessings of God, the real blessings of living for God. When you reach that level of delight. You know, there's that moment where it's, you gotta, you gotta hang out. (laughs) Maybe it's the kids, little kids, they, you know, little boy, little girl, they have to hang out because their parents make them. They have to. They turn 16, they kind of start liking each other. (laughs) They kind of want to be around. There's motivation there. Then they get married. They just can't they just can't help it. They just want to be with each other all the time. There's just something about going to that level with God. Where he's just, I don't have to go to church. It's not just it is a discipline of mine, but I don't have to, I get to. And yes, there's motivation. He the Bible says he loadeth me daily with benefits. But there comes the next level where it's, God, I just can't wait to be around you all the time, and I think about you, hanging up and sending a quick text. (laughs) Old phrase that you were sprung. (laughs) Dating myself there, but something about that. We just fall in love with Jesus to the point where it's, I don't have to. Yes, there's motivations, but I'm going beyond that. I feel that, I feel that just that delight in the Lord I feel that joy he, my, just spending time with him is my greatest joy just being in his presence is my greatest joy And church there's nothing like living for God amen and getting to that place of delight and God says what is it you want whatever you need there's just that level of delight he says I'll open up the windows of heaven and I'll pour out a blessing you don't even have room enough to receive because as you search for him as you seek his face as you draw nigh unto him he draws nigh unto you and as you delight after him amen he delights to be with you and there's this mutual benefit. Amen. And God is looking for people that say, Lord I'm going to I'm gonna work on it. It might be at level one right now. I might have been in the flesh. I'm getting out of the flesh. And I might just be where I pray every day. Amen. For 15 minutes and it might just be my discipline. But Lord as it moves from discipline, move me to desire God. Where now I just I know there's some good things that come out of this. I know that there's some potential there. But God I don't want to stay there. I don't want to just do it because I have to. I don't want to just do it cuz what you can give me for it or do for me but now I want to do it just because I love you just because I delight in you just because I know that I get to be with my God. I'm done teaching. I want to lift I want us to lift up our hands and let's pray. Come on church in the name of Jesus. Come on in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let's pray church. Come on, you might be at one level That's all right. God's got more for you. But God wants to bring us all to that level of delight. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? Come on, that's what some of us were feeling on Sunday. There was no agenda. There was nothing else going on. We just wanted to delight in our God. We just, wanted to, we just wanted that joy to flow. It was just a joy to be in His presence. I didn't have to ask for anything. I just liked to be around Him. Come on, no words had to be mentioned. I just wanted to be in His presence. I just wanted to get in His proximity and be close to Him. That's it, church. Let's pray. I believe God's leading us all a little further in our prayer lives. I believe God's got a special blessing for you here today. Once you get to that level of delight once, you'll never, ever, ever, ever want to leave. And if you ever fall out of it, you're going to want to turn around and make your way back to Him. Come on, does anybody just love God? Does anybody just love God? If he never does another thing, I just, I delight in the Lord.